Hello everyone, welcome to episode 9 of the Grumpy Girlfriend podcast with me, your host and certified life coach, Katrin Bernd. As grumpy girlfriends, I think a lot of us either see our feelings or how we act towards our partners as the biggest problem. Which of these we focus more on, I think, kind of depends on your relationship with yourself. Either you just can't stand feeling awful, and you know there's more to life and more to relationships than feeling annoyed and frustrated and angry and disappointed all of the time. Or you can stand it, as long as you're the only person who needs to suffer. You can put up with that suffering, but you can't stand the idea of it affecting your partner due to the way you act. So who do you feel the worst for? You, who needs to feel all of your nasty feelings, or your partner who needs to be around you when you act the way you do? That's why I said that it has to do with your relationship with yourself. Because some of us are kind of okay with us suffering as long as no one else needs to suffer. And I don't think that's necessarily how it needs to be. For me, and maybe for some of you too, it is a combination of both of these, but it was for sure leaning more towards feeling sorry for my partner. How I acted and treated him was for sure a bigger source of guilt and shame than the fact that I was actually feeling like shit most of the time. In today's episode, I want to talk about our emotions and how to determine whether or not they are a problem. Is an emotion ever a problem? How do we determine that? Well, it's easy to go to the most instinctual, subconscious, and primitive definition of when an emotion is a problem, which is when it feels bad in our bodies. When we feel a negative emotion in our bodies, like, I don't know, fear, nervousness, um, anger, or rejection, let's take those as examples, the brain is programmed to see that as a problem that needs to be fixed. That is how emotions were designed, and that's how we ultimately have survived this long. But if we go through life thinking that all negative, uncomfortable emotions are problems to be fixed, something that has gone wrong, we're going to very quickly start taking a lot of actions in order to avoid or resist or get rid of our emotions. If I were to ask you how you deal with negative emotions in your day-to-day life and how you handle them, what would you say? My guess, based on a lot of people that I've spoken to, it sounds something like, I try to think positive thoughts, I distract myself with something else so I don't think about it, or I take care of myself and I journal and I practice gratitude. All of these actions, they sound pretty, they sound nice, and they're all avoidant or resistant actions. You're actually trying to get rid of the uncomfortable emotion you're currently experiencing. This is something that I call buffering. It's when we use external things, whether it's social media, Netflix, working out, alcohol or drugs or sex or anything like that, in order to mask how we are feeling on the inside. 
And the long-term effect of buffering is that we start becoming more and more reliant on external things in order to not feel our feelings. But the truth is that those, those feelings don't actually go away. And that leads to us overdoing and exaggerating the things we do to buffer because we think that the feelings will go away if we just resist or ignore them a little bit longer. If we just scroll on social media a little bit more or maybe just take another bubble bath or just do another workout, then my negative emotions will go away. As you can imagine... This rarely moves us in the direction we want to go in life. It doesn't move us in an intentional direction. Buffering is just a distraction, something that we use to escape our current emotional reality. So if an emotion feeling bad is not an indicator of whether or not it's a problem, then what is? How do we determine if it's a problem or not regardless if it feels good in the body or not. As I mentioned earlier, feelings were designed to kick us into action, to get us to do things. All actions that you take in your day-to-day life or don't take, all procrastinators, raise your hand, (laughs) are driven by emotions in your body. What can we do with that information? Well, we can take a look at an emotion and then examine in this particular situation, because in different situations we're going to act differently, but in a particular situation, what did that emotion make you do? How did you act when you felt that emotion? Did you buffer? Did you procrastinate? Did you snap at your partner? Or did you connect with your partner? Did you go out of your comfort zone and grow? Or perhaps did you finish an assignment that you've been putting off for weeks? If we can find the actions that come from that specific emotion, then we're getting somewhere. Then we're getting some information that will help us determine if this is a problem or not. When we look at our actions that have come from that emotion, we can then summarize those actions and look at the big picture and determine what are the results that these actions have created for us. In this specific moment, when I felt that way, this is how I acted. Those actions that I took ultimately created this result for me in my life. When we have a result that has come from a specific emotion, then, and only then, do we have enough information to decide if what's going on is a problem to be fixed or not. It's not enough to just feel the emotion, not like the feeling of it, and say, nope, I don't like this, I need to get rid of it right now. Shall we look at some examples of this? Okay, so let's say that my partner has just said something about the food that I cooked. Those words are just neutral words, and I interpreted his comment as negative. So then I had the thought, he is always complaining about the food. 
This thought creates the feeling of frustration in my body. Frustration doesn't feel good. But is it a problem? Let's look at my actions. I might snap at him, tell him to cook his own food, say that he's always complaining about the food. It's never good enough. And then my brain starts thinking about all the times in the past when he's complained about the food, just to get more evidence to support my thought that he always complains about the food. The result of these actions? Well, I'm thinking that he's always complaining. But in the moment, who's the one complaining? My actions clearly show that this leads to me complaining. I'm literally doing the thing that I'm accusing him of. Is that a result that I like and would like to create more of? No. So then I know that frustration is not the emotion that I would like to choose in a situation where my partner says something about the food that I have cooked. And where did the frustration come from? Did it come from my partner's words? No. The thought that he's always complaining about the food created my frustration. Is that thought true? Of course not. There are many times when he has not complained, yet I chose in that moment the thought that he always does, which led to me complaining. In this same scenario, if I felt frustration in my body when he said something about the food, and my actions would have been just shrug, let it go, move on, and let the frustration kind of like run through my body and not make a big deal out of it, my result would have been I don't complain about what he said or something like that. Is that a problem? No. So then my actions, from the feeling of frustration, I processed that and I kind of interrupted what would have happened if I actually acted on that frustration. So we can't just look at the frustration and decide if it's a problem or not. Another example of this is if my partner dies. I might have a thought like, I am going to miss him so much, which might generate devastation or maybe grief in my body. Does grief feel good? Of course not. Is grief a problem? Most people would say no. Grief is not a problem. Grief is good. Grief is necessary. But how do we know if this is a problem or not? Remember, we can't just look at the feeling and decide. We need to take it one step further. What do I do when I grieve? If I sit on the couch and cry and cry and text a friend about my partner and talk about how much I miss him and all the good times that we had together, that might be a way for me to process his death and the grief that I'm feeling. And the result would be that I'm allowing myself to miss him. I am missing him. And I still feel connected to him through the actions that I take. If I feel grief and then drown my sorrows in alcohol in order to get rid of these emotions, then I'm buffering and that creates a very different result. A result like I don't allow myself to miss him or 
I miss the opportunity to feel connected to him because I'm numbing myself with alcohol. Both of these results can come from grief, depending on one thing, the actions that I end up taking. So do I choose to process and allow emotions in the way I act? Or do I choose to resist and avoid by buffering? The former will most likely move me forward and strengthen me and let me grow through these emotions. The latter will most likely keep me stuck in a cycle of continuously avoiding these emotions. And emotions are patient. They are going to wait for you until you're ready to feel them. So we can buffer for a lifetime. Doesn't mean that the feelings go away. So when it comes to grumpiness, how you feel is never going to be the problem. It's what you do when you feel that way that will make all the difference. Your actions not being what you want them to be is a direct result from you not being aware of your emotions and how to process them in a productive way. Emotions in themselves aren't dangerous. They aren't problems to be fixed. You're just having thoughts that generate these emotions in your body. And that's okay. But if you're not acting the way that you want to act, if you're not treating your partner the way you want to treat them, or treating yourself the way you want to treat yourself, then we have a problem. Not because of the way you treat your partner or yourself, but because it's not what you want to be doing. That's the difference. Again, be careful not to judge your actions and your results based on how you think you should behave or how other people behave or how other people tell you that you should behave. Only judge them based on your desired behavior, on the person you ultimately want to be. Is this how the best version of you behaves? Yes or no? If yes, no matter what, no matter if that is treating others poorly, if that's how you want to behave, no one else is allowed to label that a problem in your life. And if it's not how you want to behave, because that's not how you ultimately want to be as a person, then it's a problem and then we change it. No one else gets to decide whether or not your behavior is a problem for you. So I want to leave you with this. Even though you might often feel like your emotions are out of your control and you can't help but react to them, that's never true. And I want you to really know that. No feeling can make you do anything without your, like the intellectual part of you, the part of you that has a prefrontal cortex and is an evolved human being, No feeling can make you do anything without your active participation. If you get a really strong urge to eat a cupcake, that cupcake doesn't magically pop into your mouth. You actually have to put it there. (laughs) Just as you feeling maybe jealous or insecure in your relationship doesn't magically make you snap at your partner. You need to actively decide how to react and then do it. 
Right now, if you are feeling out of control, that process might be so fast and automatic that you don't feel like you're able to stop it. That you aren't able to choose how to respond. And that's okay. It's totally normal and you're not broken in any way. For most of my clients, the process of thinking, feeling, and then acting is really quick. And the first thing we work on together is to slow it all down. Slow down the thinking, slow down the feeling, and then slow down the actions. Don't be so quick to react when you feel an emotion in your body. Instead, get curious, examine it, question it, and ask your brain what it's thinking to generate that specific emotion. If you can master that, and like in the matrix, completely slow down (laughs) the process in your body, you're going to be in much more control, and you'll be able to decide ahead of time if the feeling you're having now is going to make you show up as the person you want to be or not. Before we end this episode, I would like to announce that I have started doing live group coaching calls where you can join me live on Zoom and get coached by me on any of your relationship-related issues. When this episode goes live on March 1st, I'm currently doing the sessions on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central European time. But this is subject to change, so make sure you follow me on Instagram at Katrin to keep up to date on the day and times and to sign up to get coached. I really, really hope to see you there. Bring your relationship issues and we'll work on them together. And I will see you back here next week for another episode of the Grumpy Girlfriend podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.